Perak Tes Mishnah Aleph. In the previous parak, we learned about the rights that a husband has in his wife's Niximalug properties. Niximalug properties simply refer to properties that a woman brings into the marriage, whether she acquired that before or during the marriage, for example, through inheritance. And these were not recorded as part of the dowry, they weren't put in the Tzon Barzal category. There's a different agreement for those types of properties. For those, the husband takes more responsibility. If it's not put in as Nechseit Son Barzal, it's called Nechseit Malug. And she remains the principal owner of the properties. She owns the Guf of it. She has title to it. But the Rabbanan said that for the duration of the marriage, the husband, among other rights, has the right to keep any peros, any income generated from the property. In addition, we learned that as a result of the husband's rights in the Nechseit Malug properties, she is not allowed to sell them. Also, if she predeceases him, then he inherits all of her property, including her Nixi Malug property. The mainstream view is that this is a right that comes from the Torah itself, from the words V'yarash, Osa. We'll see a different opinion in this Mishnah. Our mission discusses a husband who makes different declarations in which he apparently waives at least one of his rights that he has in his wife's Nixi Malug properties. The Rav explains that the case is he's doing this before Nisuin, so he didn't yet gain control Again, the aforementioned rights that are Nechzimaluk properties. If he already did, then it wouldn't be sufficient just to make a statement you know, declining these uh, mostly rabbinic rights. He would have to do it a proper kin, you know, actually transferring the rights you know, from himself uh, to his wife. But here he hasn't yet acquired these rights in his wife's Nechzimaluk properties, and so he attempts to you know, preempt those, to decline these uh, rights that are abundant granted to him before Nisuin, before they would you know, normally come to him. First case is where Kosev Ishto Din Udvarim Ingli Binachsayich. When writes to his wife, he doesn't have to write it. It could be just a verbal declaration, in which he says, I have no claim with respect to your properties, meaning the Nechsimalok properties. The mission rules that first of all, since in this declaration he only mentioned the properties, the implication is that he is only giving up a right that pertains to the property itself. And so Hareza Ocho Peres Upon Nisuin, he will continue to enjoy the right of being able to keep any payros generated from the property. Because, again, he didn't explicitly waive a right regarding the payros. He just mentioned the property itself. In addition, since the wording of his declaration was that I have no claim in your property, the implication is that the right he's waiving here is a right that applies only while it's your, meaning her property, while she's still alive. Thus, the Mesa Yarsha, notwithstanding this declaration, the law remains that if she predeceases him, he will inherit all the properties from her. The Mishnah says that if through this declaration he hasn't given up either of the aforementioned rights, what then was the point of this declaration? The answer is the only consequence of it was. And he has, through the declaration, given up the right to prevent her from selling her Nechzimaluk properties even during the marriage, even after Nesuin. Upon making this declaration, he you know, can't block that sale. She has every right. If she wants to sell the Nechzimaluk properties during the marriage, and if she does that, he will lose you know, any benefit from them. He won't get the parents. He won't be able to inherit it. The buyer would take possession immediately. For he had decided to decline that particular uh, right in her property. The Mishnah says, if he made a declaration saying, Kosev la din 
says, I renounce any claim to your properties or Perus produced therefrom. With this declaration, he will not receive the right upon his suin to enjoy the Perus from the property. Explicitly, he also declined that right. Though he retains the right to inherit her upon her death if he predeceases her. And of course, he also, with this declaration, gives up the other right we mentioned, the right to block her from selling the property during the marriage. The mission now presents an opinion that even with this declaration that explicitly makes a reference to the peros that come from the property, that he says he's giving up her rights to those, but Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, true, regarding the peros that come directly from the property, a protus that grows from there, let's say, he cannot claim that, but Leolam Ocho Pere Peros would still have a right to keep Peros that come from the Peros. Like, let's say she takes produce from the land and uses that to invest in more land, and Peros grow from that land, so that's Pere Peros. Even with the above declaration, Rita says the husband would retain the right to those, because we have to look at the precise wording of the declaration, which was, I forgo any claim to the Peros. That statement doesn't encompass Pere Peros. And so Rabbi Huda says that the husband would always retain a right to some form of peros, you know, some number of steps away from the original land itself. Unless he made it absolutely clear that he is giving up any rights to any peros, no matter how far away from the original land, by saying, I have no claim, not to your land, not to the peros from that land, nor the peros from those peros, then he has to add ad olam, until forever, ad infinitum, and no claim to any peros, no matter how far removed from the original land. If he said that, okay, then he would have no claim to any peros whatsoever. But uh, the previous opinion, Tanakama doesn't go with this. Tanakama holds it once he says he forgoes a claim to the peros, it's understood that that means any peros, even pair peros, or pair pair peros, etc., etc. The Mishnah continues and says, if cause of law, if he wrote to her or said to her the following declaration, he said, Din udvarim ingli benechsayech ubeperusein ubeperperusein mechayech ubemoseich. If he made a declaration that I have no legal claim not to your land, the land itself, nor any Paris that may come from it, and I'm declining right to your nechsamaluk land, both in your lifetime and after your death, adding that last phrase, he forgoes all of the rights they normally would have in his wife's properties, and thus, in Ocho Peros he forgoes any rights to any of the Peros, and of course, uh, to block sale of the land itself. In addition, Vimesa Eina Yarsha, if she predeceased him, he would not inherit her. However, Rabbi Shimon Mengamliel Omer, Shimon says, not true, Imesa Yerashena, notwithstanding this declaration in which she attempted clearly to forgo his right to inherit her. If she died before him, he would inherit her. In this declaration, he has made an attempt to stipulate against a Torah law. For according to Torah law, it says, Husband inherits his wife. And the halach is that a stipulation which contravenes Torah law is not a valid stipulation. So he simply disregarded as if he said nothing, and upon her death he would inherit her. Now, the Tanakhama holds that no, this does work. He explicitly forgoes his right to inherit her, that would be effective, and he wouldn't inherit her. 
The explanation is that either, in the opinion of the Rabbanon, husband's right to inherit his wife is merely a rabbinic law, the Apostle of Yarsh Prasad doesn't count as a bona fide a biblical source, or it could be, in the Rabbanon's opinion, since we're dealing with a monetary matter, person has the ability to make a stipulation, you're waiving it, for the Rabbanon hold, when it comes to a monetary matter, a person has the power to say that I shall decline that monetary right that the Torah has granted me.